0: You're listening to The Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church.
1: But I do remember hearing a few times that for revival to happen, repentance needs to take place, but it it needs to start taking place in
2: our own lives first. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, today joined by two special guests as we continue or start, rather, start a new series called God is Love. First, we have Prayer Pastor Rhonda Patterson with us.
0: Rhonda, thanks for being here. Glad to be here.
2: Hey, we're joined by lead pastor, Jose Avaroa. Great to see you, Taylor. Great to have you both here as we start this new series. Jose, I'd love to give you the opening word as you unpack not only this week's message, but even just the series as a whole.
1: Yep, God is love. We know that. We've heard that. Um, We talk about love a lot. It's in our mission statement. Love God, love people, and make disciples of people that, love God and love people. Mm-hmm. So it's all over. And I wanted to get into this word, love, and biblically, what does it look like? And so um, I, I, I went through a roller coaster of different ideas of how to tackle this, um, looked at the four Greek words for love. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called Four Loves. I read through that. And and there's a lot of good stuff. But then I started reading 1 John, where love is all over the place. And I also saw what we need in our culture right now where there's not a lot of love. We're really running low on compassion and love for others, love for enemies. We're called to love, uh, yet we want to change a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the things that I uh, felt this prior week was, it really is just our role and job to love. God does the changing, and so let's look at love, and let's look at the fact that God is love um, as we look at this. And so in First John, first thing he talks about is God is light before we get to love. So uh-huh. that's what we really focused in on
2: this week. Yes. So before we even jump into that, I love uh, as you queued up the the message series, Jose. Yesterday you talked about this idea of these kind of two simple symptoms that you see in our culture, and one you spoke to is just a heightened fear, mm-hmm. and then the second is a decrease of compassion. And so I'd love to just first start by asking both of y'all, where does love, whether it's God's love, our love for others, where does that fall into these two kind of cultural symptoms that we have, this sense of heightened fear and then a decrease in compassion, because I don't think I need to ask y'all for examples because you both, both personally, as well as you can just look around and you will see both of these are very evident. But where does love fit into just those two um, facts about the reality in which we're living in right now?
0: And you're both looking at me. <laughs> we are. Mm. <laughs> um, well, I, I feel like the lack of compassion comes from that, the f- fear. Um, Fear will make us anxious, angry, frustrated, mm-hmm. um, and when others don't think or behave the way we want them to need them to, we get fearful and uh, and we get anxious about things and we're not able to um, have compassion towards someone because we're we're frustrated by what we're feeling. And so um, I think they, it kind of goes hand in hand, but yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: that's good. I think that's, that's right on. We fear the unknown. We fear um, that our comfort is going away. We fear um, when we're out of control or Mm -hmm. when we lose control over, over something and, and, God's answer is love. So biblically, there are many, many seasons where things do go out of control, and yet God's love is what uh, remains the constant variable in story after story. And so God's love, I think, grounds us, mm-hmm. and also God's love is the well that we get to receive um, this foreign uh, concept of, of agape love, this loving first as he fir- because He first loved us. So. Um. Yeah, I hope that as we read First John, this letter, um, we all fill up our tanks yeah. and and receive compassion. Uh, I also talked about revival. I remember. I don't remember where, but or when. I, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But I do remember hearing a few times that for revival to happen, repentance mm-hmm. needs to take place. But. It, it needs to start taking place in our own lives first. So obviously okay. revival means coming to know Jesus and in large revivals like we've seen and mm-hmm. throughout history, we just read about one in Acts chapter two last, uh, you know, this last series. Mm-hmm. That was the first real revival. Um, and so repentance needs to take place, but this idea that the love of God permeates us means that we need to release that which is keeping us from God—our sin, our stuff, fear—and um, so, yeah, I hope that that flashlight before we look at all the other people
2: out there and all the things that they're doing wrong, we can we can flash that light
1: into mm-hmm. our own lives
2: first. Yeah, I think about you said mentioned the well earlier, and I just think about the analogy that I I didn't come up with this. Someone else, even just on the podcast, we've talked about this—the idea of abundance versus scarcity mindset—and just if I'm connected to the source then yeah this this overflowing well of god's love then i can be just with any resource if i have an abundant infinite supply then it's like oh yeah you can have some you can have some but <clears throat> when i get into this like scarcity and just fear like you know like it's going away yeah yeah then it's like i'm i'm not compassionate i'm <laughs> selfish and yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, so yeah such such Absolutely. good things to talk about so let's dive into this concept of the flashlight just god is light and uh right away and this is even just you know one of the verses that you mentioned jose this idea that we when you when you're in darkness and it can be either just an entire period of your life but even just in certain aspects Mm -hmm. of your life that are in darkness uh light is not what you would voluntarily uh Mm -hmm. turn that flashlight towards you you don't want light you want to run away from light at least that's what in my life and so how just even from the very beginning if we break this down how have both of y'all just as a whole, as well as just even in individual parts of your life, gone from darkness to light. How does that happen? Did you just wake up and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, let's let's bring this to the light and it'll be great. Like so, how do you? And if someone that's listening that's like, yeah, I know that's like the church thing to do, but I don't want anything to do with the light. I'd rather just keep everything buried and everything in the dark. Mm-hmm. What are ways just in your own life that you've been able to kind of have that that transformation to be able to bring stuff to light? It's a really good question. I think about. Um,
1: my freshman year in college, where I was really saying that I believed in God, but I was living differently. So my walk did not match my talk. And I think what... (laughs) You know, you say waking up when I woke up spiritually was when I realized that nothing on this earth really does satisfy, that there's always mm-hmm. a feeling of, of emptiness. And, um, you know, so I, I, I thought there's got to be more and that actually curiously led me to pursue Jesus because i thought okay if this is truly abundant life if this mm-hmm. if jesus really is who he says he is then this this is going to be you know a, a satisfying journey now not satisfying in abundance or prosperity is you know we we think in a material way but satisfying in um you're living with joy and in mm-hmm. purpose that that surpasses my own doing, uh, be a part of something much bigger than something that we are capable uh, uh, to do as humans. And I saw that through this church. I Mm -hmm. saw that through community, uh, walking alongside other people that wanted those same very things. And I tasted. And I saw which is, I, I love how First John starts. He starts by proclaiming what he has seen mm-hmm. and what he has touched with his own hands. Um, so he's saying, it's real to me mm-hmm. and I'm sharing it with you, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because uh, this is who God is mm-hmm. and, and he wants more for you.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I think for me, um in immaturity in, in my walk, I didn't recognize that you know his word tells us his it's his kindness that leads mm-hmm. us to repentance. And I hadn't really fully uh, even received that or been able to receive that 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 uh, repentance is a gift and not something to, dread or it doesn't mean it can't be difficult um, when you're having to walk through something and and lay something down. But after you've experienced that of laying something down before him, confessing it, repenting it from it, and receiving his grace and his kindness over it, then you're like, that is so good. There's no feeling better than coming to him and experiencing, his love, he is light, and he is love, and he is in the light. And so, as long as we we've got those hidden things, then it's not that his love isn't. A, accessible to us, but we're re- we're refusing it or we're holding him back um, because we we want him there in the light and we're over here. but once we recognize that as a gift, then we can move into his his kindness that draws us to lay these things down and experience the freedom and love that he gives us. So yeah.
2: That's yeah, that's really good. Really good stuff here. So let's jump into this idea of walking in the light and how to live in the light. And Jose, you have three points here. We have release, which is confessing the sin, repent, which we were just talking about, Rhonda. Mm So the idea of turning away from the behavior. And then third is receive God's love. So I'd love to break down each of these real quick. And again, some of these Mm -hmm. are churchy terms or things that maybe you've heard in church before, but trying to think about just practically how to do each one of these. So the first one here is release and confess the sin. Uh, Jose, you kind of brought up James 5.16, talking this idea of confessing to one another mm-hmm. and you will be healed. And so uh, you reiterated that it's it's not that when we confess, then we're forgiven, God forgives us. But it's in that process of confessing that God does heal us and has uh, power in that. And so I think at least for me and something you brought up Jose just yesterday this concept of shame is one of the key things that Mm -hmm. keeps us from uh, just releasing and confessing sin to not only just to others but I think for me it's even myself like I can just often try to deny or just try to blame other people for something rationalize something when really it's something that uh, I do need to bring to the light so what has that looked like or how would you recommend someone that just shame is just holding them back Mm -hmm. from being able to repent. Uh, whether it's shame about a particular um, kind of thing they've done or maybe just something happened to them that is preventing them from, from truly being able to confess sin to others. Yeah, Galatians five one says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us
1: free, or freedom that Jesus came for us. And this word release, I think is synonymous with freedom. Um, Hebrews talks about our sin that so easily entangles us, you know, and throwing that away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see release and confession as um, uh, this, this built up tension that we have in our, personal lives, this this weight that we carry, and then just taking it all off mm-hmm. and going to God and yes. surrendering to Him first, and then it is, crazy to think that God says, hey, if you want to be healed, go tell somebody, because that's the last thing we want to do with something that is heavy and something that is personal. Mm-hmm. But if we do, and when we do that, I think that verse comes to life. I've experienced it. I've talked about encounter. That's the first time that I truly experienced it um, because I saw other people uh, mimicking or, or, or living out that, that rea- reality. And so I just mimicked them. They did it. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. And so when we do that, it, it does do something in us. We, we release it and we recognize that we're not the only ones dealing with these things. You know, mm-hmm. There's nothing new under the sun. And so I love one of the things that we say at Encounter is you'll never surprise your you know, coach, the person that prays with you. And it's true because we're all human. Mm-hmm. And we all fall short. And we all need God's grace.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I think
2: about I I can't remember where I heard this, but just the idea that when it comes to sin, there's two parts to sin: there's the act itself, and then there's what you do after that sin. And so I think that that's Mm -hmm. where shame and just any sort of uh, usually we think about temptation as something leading up to the sin, but temptation Mm -hmm. just even after the sin to keep quiet, just to think that you're the only one that's gone through this, Mm -hmm. or they're never going to see you the same way again, or just there's so much that is just in the battle in your mind. So how are ways because I think some may be encouraged, I know y'all personally to know that there are still times where you feel that just mm-hmm. in small so, ways. Yeah. And so yeah. I think for some people that may think, oh, well, they're they're pastors, they're mm-hmm. on staff, they're professionals now. So they don't, I'm mm-hmm. sure they don't mm-hmm. feel any temptation or, or kind of guilt or shame. So what are ways just in your own lives that you kind of take those thoughts captive? And what are ways in which you make sure that you're not just mm-hmm. getting drowned by the, the shame mm-hmm. and, and guilt that you may feel? That's
0: good, Taylor. I I think for me, um, When there's an issue that just keeps cropping up for me in my thought life, or just something that I'm struggling with, it's 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 so important and vital in the body to find those people, your safe people, that um, that you can bring the good, the bad, the ugly, too, and not be judged. And what you shared, Jose, about encounter, that was your first taste of that. For me, same thing, and through prayer ministry, um, thinking, wow, they're going to be really blown away by this one, (laughs) and then, you know, just looking in someone's eyes and seeing that you're safe and that you're not being judged, and... Um, there's something so tangible about God's love that comes through another person and so for me having those people in my life that um, that I can be authentic and real with is it keeps me from just going down yeah. the rabbit hole yeah. you know
1: yeah, It's also challenging and mm-hmm. this provokes fear in my heart that <laughs> God is going to keep us accountable Mm -hmm. So things will come out.
2: Mm -hmm. He
1: will judge. He does know everything already. And sometimes he lets things slip out. I mean, Mm -hmm. think about how many scandals and all of these things. Very few people are surprised when when they hear sometimes. Sometimes we're shocked. But bottom line is we're all sinful. We all have it. And so Mm -hmm. if we don't come out in in the light and and shine that flashlight in that spot, in that area in our life— it multiplies. Mm-hmm. That sin area just multiplies in the dark. The, the enemy wants us to keep those things hidden. Mm-hmm. And the more we do that, it only grows. We think in our mind, I'm doing a great job keeping, you know, keeping keeping a good, good face. I'm, I'm fooling mm-hmm. everybody. But the enemy's just having a heyday. And later on, years later, um, it, it comes it up comes and, and mm-hmm. brings about more destruction, mm-hmm. unfortunately. That's why in James, he talks about temptation. And He talks about uh, uh, sin, and then sin always leads to death. That's the final. That's the finish line of of sin. So, um, yeah, being quick to mm-hmm. turn to those safe people in your lives. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. I'm struggling with this Um, and I don't want to skip over, but I do want to mention it is God's love that transforms us. So this isn't just behavior modification. It's not just righting a wrong. It's surrendering and releasing it to the Lord that then heals us and actually changes the way that we operate, Mm -hmm. changes our way of thinking and creates us into a new creation, (laughs) makes us into a new creation. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so the the next R, the next point here, repent, that probably has the most baggage of any of these words compared to <laughs> release and receive. So repent, uh, Rhonda, I just wrote down just now the notes you were talking about just earlier about how it's God's kindness that leads mm-hmm. us to repentance and how it's a gift, because I think that's very... Not only countercultural, but just even in church culture, that's not usually affiliated mm-hmm. with repent. As far as that, it's a it's a gift mm-hmm. to us. And so, uh, this concept of being able to turn away from the behavior. Both of y'all have spoken to the value of community as far as when it comes to even just this concept of repentance. But what other maybe kind of I don't want to say tricks, but what kind of tips or just advice you would give someone that really is wanting to repent and is someone that's trying to just turn from the behavior that may be part of their past or even just their present.
0: So are you talking like possibly a stronghold in someone's life that they're something they're really having a difficult time overcoming? Um, I, I would say get to know God more rather than focusing on that behavior or that Pattern in your thought life that just won't let you go is, is the, the more we know him, the more we understand his love for us, um, the things of the world begin to matter less. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is hard sometimes to overcome habits and, and deep, deep, things that have been ingrained, but but God. I mean, mm-hmm. it's through Him. So focusing on Him, and it's not, I'm not talking about rigidly, I must be in the Word every day. I'm having those, those wonderful things, having your quiet time, all of that is good, but just knowing Him, inviting Him in to your day from the time before your feet hit the floor in the morning. Good morning, mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm you know, come come today, come into my day. I welcome you into my day. I wanna know you more. And see and focusing on him and then the things of earth just begin to heal and um we gain victory over
1: it's really good i talked about a u-turn yesterday but that really makes it clear that you're u-turning and you're going god's way now mm-hmm. so you go with him We right. don't just cuz do we all the, tried
0: the u-turns on our own yeah in yeah. our flesh i mean right. it's our heart we like, want to do doing, right thing. i'll just stop I'll,
1: doing that one right. thing
0: but that's in our own power but yeah. the more we know him and what he how he sees me how he sees me, how he created me, how he designed me—not compared to anyone else, but what he has for Rhonda. Then I can, I can move through those things because they're not even important in my life. Mm-hmm. But it's a so process so <laughs> <good. It's, laughs> that—it's God's way. We're and, all still in. And yeah. He's with you yeah. the,
2: the whole time. Yeah. yeah that's really great stuff here okay so uh the last one here about receive god's love again that's it's so intertwined into all of these so we've been already talking about it but i'd love to bring up the passage in lamentations three jose that you i've actually heard both of y'all um, not only pray over this mm-hmm. just for as far as praying for mm-hmm. our church but just this concept that god's mercies are new every day and mm-hmm. i'd love to kind of hear both of you alls thoughts on how that is involved in god's love and just this concept that uh like what that looks like as far as to receive and knowing god more but mm-hmm. even just receiving god's love someone that may have grown up in the church and so mm-hmm. they know all these facts about god but when it comes to just living in the light just this idea of being able to receive god's love every day so going back to the fear that we talked about on the front end um we read in first
1: john the perfect love cast out all fear and i can only imagine the fear that The Israelites were living in the time of the exile. We don't have all of the atrocities written down. I mean, this was an ancient civilization that operated differently than we do today um, for the most part. And I think of the grief that they must have been feeling in the mourning of being oppressed, all the while being taught that they are God's people. You know, like they, they have seen God work miracles in and around them, and yet they find themselves in this very, very terrible place. Um, I say I can't imagine. Sometimes I do imagine mm-hmm. that because I look around. I'm like, God, if you are the God of love, where are you? And yet he says, I'm, I'm right here. My mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. He is faithful Mm -hmm. to show up in my life every single morning. And so I think it shows me how near God is um, in every season, in the highs and in the lows, that God is always right there. It's really a matter of whether I'm willing to recognize that or not, or if um, I'm too distracted by other things to recognize that Mm -hmm. the creator of the universe is right here. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I I also think of um, David's confession, Psalms fifty-one, and um, as we as we're confessing to God and bringing things to God, it's so. I think the first initial part of receiving His love is re- receiving that you, you are washed. You've you've given it to Him. You've asked Him to cleanse you, and you and receiving that, you are cleansed from that. You've. You've confessed, you've repented, You there's godly sorrow over your actions. And so receiving that the blood of Jesus washed you clean. And so that's where shame has no place because it's gone. And it's hard for us to wrap our mind around that. Um, that that's truly how God sees us because we— live in the world, and yeah. we, we want to—forgiving ourselves sometimes this is the hardest part, but I think that's a first step in really receiving His love, is receive really grabbing a hold of it. He forgives me. It's a new day. It a new day. It's a new day with new mercy, new grace, new strength, power of the Holy Spirit, yeah. for that new day, and so.
1: And those new mercies didn't change their external circumstances. Right. It just gave them the fuel to live through that mm-hmm. very, very difficult day, yeah. uh, to know that that's, that's what's most important. The external stuff may change, may not, but knowing God, that, that's the game changer. That changes everything, because it changes our perspective, it changes our output, uh, our outlook on life, and really our output because of the input. <laughs> we have God in mm-hmm. us. Yeah.
2: That's so good. Thank you all both for unpacking all of this uh, deep, but but really good stuff. And what a way mm-hmm. to kick off a new series. So Jose, I'd love to give you the final word and even just a preview of what's to come. Chapter two. So really,
1: I, I think this is a really good foundation for chapter two. So I'm
2: excited to go into it
1: and um, look at the pride of life and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, so that's what chapter two oh talks about. Do not love the world, and and so yeah, we're we're going to go in deeper and, and talk about some of these things out there. But again, um, I said this uh, in the con- establishing the context. First John was written because there was a lot of division mm-hmm. in in those times, mm-hmm. but he doesn't label what those things were. Instead, he Focuses on these eternal truths of who God is. Just mm-hmm. what you were saying, Rhonda. Know God. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's how we can repent. The more we know God, the more He's, um, uh, the more we realize who He really is and how great His love for us is. No matter what we do. I do want to spotlight PMT and say if you ever want to mm. um, come in for prayer, Rhonda is stands for Prayer Ministry Team. Just prayer, prayer Ministry yes. Team Monday nights, Rhonda. What time?
0: Seven seven o'clock. And
1: would it be better to email you?
0: That we I prefer that just so I have a heads up and can have um, a great team in place for you. Um but we absolutely welcome walk ins so as well. So
1: Rhonda at mm-hmm. CypressCreekchurch dot com mm-hmm. R H hey, O N D A
0: very safe place per ministry.
1: The safest mm-hmm. place my wife and I have both come in um and received from your amazing equipping and ministry. And, uh, it's a, something that we have that I think we don't talk talking about. So. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.